Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well-being. everyone. Happy New Year and welcome to the Fresh Take Podcast. My name is Kendra Love and I'm very excited to be hosting today. And today we have with us Wendy Wesley, who is a registered and licensed nutritionist and dietitian located in the St. Pete area. Wendy, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, happy to be here. Thank you for asking me. So um, Wendy, today we're going to be talking about healthy habits in the new year. And um, why don't we start with a little bit of information about you? I spent uh, several years working as a a clinical dietitian at a local acute care hospital. And um, I have seen how food can make everything better and food can make everything worse. And so I'm very, very passionate about helping Americans get off of processed food, uh, reduce added sugars, reduce sodium, increased fiber, and that is done through plants. So I am not vegan nor vegetarian myself, but I would call myself plant majority. And um, everyone I work with, I am trying to uh, seriously ramp up the fiber, decrease the sugar, decrease the processing. And um, that is done with colorful plants. That's wonderful, Wendy. And I'm so excited to talk to you about that today, because when it comes to cooking, when it comes to shopping for healthier foods, I think there's always new things that we can discover. Um, Well, why don't we kind of start off with routines? Um, Sometimes in the morning when we wake up, everyone has their morning routine, whether that be, you know, drinking a cup of coffee, having some tea, water, um, and of course, before bed too. Do you have any recommendations about those routines and how we can be healthier in the morning and in the evening. I I think there's two great enemies of the, of, of Americans regarding nutrition and it's time. And then it's also the convenience of processed foods. So a lot of my clients, a lot of Americans, I think they, they think they don't have time to uh, put together nutritious meals to cook and to shop. And I work very hard to help kind of change that mindset and to reprioritize time. So sometimes something has to go away so that more time can come into food shopping, food preparation, and then the actual consumption of food, because the consumption of uh, nutrient-dense high-fiber food actually requires more time than highly processed, uh, lower-nutrient foods. So we have to reprioritize time, and um, I believe that starting the the day with something that is nutrient-dense, high-fiber, high-color minimally processed sets the stage for the rest of the choices during the day. I am also careful to say that you can start your day over at any time, at any point. If you feel like you're kind of going off the rails, don't treat the day as a wash, Um, get back in the saddle and make some, make some good choices. But more so than foodless, I I talk to people about time priorities. What do you want out of life? How does food give you what you want out of life? How does food take away what you want from life? And something might have to go so that you can devote more time to shopping, chopping, and and eating. Because uh, 
high fiber plants do require time. And um, sometimes I feel like David and Goliath. It's I, I feel like I feel like David out there and Goliath is big food, processed food. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Wendy. Um, I completely agree. I think um, taking the time to think about food in a different way, you know, what we put in our bodies, that's going to nourish us throughout the day. Um, and I love what you said about, you know, you can, you can start over your morning at any time um, with those foods. You had mentioned high fiber foods are great for the morning. Could you give a few examples of what kinds of foods would be included in that? Well, any and all fruit. I would never tell someone to limit their fruit. I hear it all the time. Oh, the fruit's got too much sugar. I have to cut that out. And I say, please do not cut fruit from your diet. Uh, and I, I say it all the time. No one's sitting in a bed on the stroke or the cardiac unit at the hospital because of apples. Um, really, Fruit did not put someone in a bed um, in a hospital. It is highly processed, high sodium, low fiber foods, just day in, day out for decades that uh, creates chronic disease, diabetes, cardiac disease, and kidney failure. So I tell people that start your day with, with some fruit. Also, we are one of the only cultures around the world that does not eat beans first thing in the morning. And um, I am a big fan of beans. I think they're probably the, one of the finest foods on the entire planet. Very, very affordable, very high protein, high minerals, high vitamins, um, high fiber, and um, they just don't get the attention they deserve during the, the first meal of the day. So um, I like for people to scramble some eggs with their beans, with onions and peppers, or and wrap it in a tortilla, um, a breakfast burrito with beans in it. So it's, it's a big lift to try and make them help Americans get away from dessert as breakfast and get back to uh, foods that are, are more savory as breakfast. And that includes things like onions and peppers and beans, which a lot of Americans say, I would never eat that at breakfast because we have conditioned, been conditioned that, that breakfast is dessert. So Danish, pastry, muffin, um, all these kinds of very, very pancakes, waffles. Um, so let's, let's get more beans first thing in the morning. They stay with you for a long time, keep hunger, tamp down, help you control blood glucose. I could, I could spend days talking about beans. Yeah, I can't even remember the last time I had beans for breakfast. So uh, maybe tomorrow I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> um, well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, mental health. You, you have a great breakfast in the morning. We have our beans. <laughs> um, and then we, you know, maybe decide we want to do a little bit of exercise for our body, for our mind. Um, I live in an apartment, so I don't have a, you know, a big backyard where I can have a huge garden, but I do have some plants on my balcony and every morning I go out there, give them water and I just feel rejuvenated. I feel a little bit more connected, you know, to nature. And for me, that's really important. Uh, do you have any kind of routine that you like to do to connect or uh, any recommendations for people who, you know, want to kind of get that refresh in the morning. I hear from a lot of people that uh, there's this kind of all or nothing thinking around exercise. So I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. I'm going to, you know, cardio and weights, or I'm going to do nothing. And so this all or nothing idea about exercise, um, I, I help people hopefully to say, I took a walk 
And that was more than uh, what I did the day before, which was nothing. And a just starting with a walk um, is is good. Hopefully this walk is you're not plugged into a device um, during this walk, perhaps music, but maybe not, you know, words so that you can walk and just let the mind flow. We don't do enough what we call navel gazing in this country where we have just let the let the brain flow freely to think and discover and be creative. I always say to my clients, so do you get good ideas in the shower? And they say, yeah, I said, because it's a sensory deprivation chamber. And so you are, you are there and you're not plugged into a device and your mind is floating freely and you might come up with some good ideas. The same thing happens when you're taking a walk or riding a bike. If you're not you know, plugged into a device, you can let your mind free and you, and you can, you can problem solve. Yeah. Just being able to unplug. I think that's so important. And um, being connected with other people, I know with with the pandemic, it's a little bit hard um, because we want to still be at a distance, but taking time, you know, to go on that walk with a friend um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, go to one of the places that I love to go to on the weekend is the farmer's market. I love to connect with the community there just to to feel their energy. And it's kind of hard since a lot of us are working remotely at home. Um, but I think having that kind of connection, uh, helps us as well. What do you think, Wendy? I think that, um, our processed American diet has removed us from, from food. We don't, um, when I teach cooking, um, I want people to take time to cut into that tomato, examine the chambers of the tomato Uh, look at the seeds suspended in the goo, smell it, feel it, taste it, hear it, hear it. When you, when you cut, it sounds different than when you cut celery, paying attention to water content of food. We are so removed from the uh, preparation of our food that we are. um, I think it's important to, to cook, to cut vegetables, to look at plants, examine plants. This is some really, really hippie stuff. But when you go to a farmer's market, uh, but we have a beautiful one here in St. Petersburg, I walk under the tent of the uh, the, the farmers. And uh, it, to me, it feels like a spiritual experience. I am overwhelmed by the variety, by the color. It really, really excites me for, for what I can buy and what I can bring home and what I can, I can prepare. Um, and uh, if you don't make it to the market, then you can have the same kind of experience at a local produce stand or at your local grocery store. Um, just, but just to, I, I just want someone to cut a tomato, take a minute, this sounds so hippie, take a minute, cut a tomato and marvel at the beauty of nature, marvel at the beauty of plants and to reconnect with the earth uh, and the, 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 the natural world through cooking. I want to go get a tomato. <laughs> um, I love that, Wendy. I love um, what you're saying. I think that's so important. It's so important to, to actually stop and take that time. And even when we're cooking, you know, it's like I'm, I'm going to turn on on my phone and watch something while I'm cooking. I'm not really paying attention to the food um, as I'm cooking. And, and even when we're eating, we watch TV or, you know, it's 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 always a distraction. Um, so I appreciate what you're saying, you know, to pay more attention to the food itself and the seeds and and think about where that comes from. 
And also just, you know, the, the farmers, the people who grow that, the time and the care that it took to get that to us so we could put that on our plate. I think that's really important, um, you know, and, and the farmer's market's great because we can actually talk to those farmers um, and thank them for growing that. And if you don't have a farmer's market near you, of course, like you said, you can go to a local store, see what's local in that store. Um, so that's kind of another thing I wanted to talk to you about actually is when you do go to a grocery store, what are some of the things that we should be looking for to be more healthy? So, you know, when it comes to food labels, or I know sometimes there, there's a lot of different labels when you go to the store and sometimes it's hard to know what to buy. Um, do you have any, any tips or suggestions, um, when shopping in grocery stores? You can't look for everything. So I usually try and encourage my clients just to focus on one thing, depending on what their issue is. I'm working with a man right now who has um, cardiac disease. And so the one thing we're looking, we're working on with him is sodium. So he is choosing foods that are lower sodium, meaning that he, he can, he can consume grains that are not flavored. So I've, I've been teaching him to not choose um, a Parmesan flavored couscous or yellow rice. He can have rice, plain old rice and plain old pasta and plain old farro and plain old barley and couscous and and quinoa and all of it. Um, But his, what he needs to look at is sodium. I work with people who have diabetes and we're with them. We have to look at added sugar. So we're looking at added sugars in yogurt. So I would say 98% of the yogurt on the shelf has added sugar. Um, I've evaluated tubs of yogurt and found that one, t- one two thirds cup of a fruit on the bottom yogurt has the equivalent of five apples or a can of Coca-Cola. So when you start to teach people to read labels for sugar, um, you find that added sugar is um, abundant in the grocery store. And I do believe that it can be addictive. And I think it is possible to wean yourself off of it and t- change your tongue both for sugar and salt. Uh, I had a client once who said, I am addicted to Dr. Pepper to the point where I no longer eat fruit and I have prediabetes. And I think that this Dr. Pepper is going to send me to the grave. And I I said, okay, I agree. And so we weaned her off of the, uh, the, the Dr. Pepper. And I'm happy to report that she's no longer prediabetic and she's a fruit eater. So intuitively, she knew that a strawberry should do the trick for her as far as sweet. But Dr. Pepper had hijacked her tongue. And I think many Americans' tongues have been hijacked for the the, the only thing they will accept is ultra sweet or ultra salty. And that is not the natural state of the tongue. The natural state of the tongue, I believe, is to say, this strawberry is sweet enough for me. So it's, it feels like a, a, a very intense uphill battle to fight added sugar and highly processed foods to get um, Americans to come off of them for the betterment of their health. So we're looking at, at, we're looking at high sodium foods, um, very, very low fiber foods that are made with white flour. And we're looking at foods that are, uh, have a lot of added sugar. So um, I've heard once that when you go into a grocery store, the best way to shop is around the edges. Mm-hmm. So just shop, you know, where there there's the fresh, fresh produce, fresh fruits, f- fresh vegetables. Um, you know, you've got your 
whatever kind of dairy you need. Um, and then of course your fresh meats and whatnot, and that's it and, and leave. Uh, do you find yeah. that that <laughs> tends to be a good strategy? Just kind of go around the corners. I think that there's a lot of good stuff to have it to be had in the middle. Um, I love canned beans. They are, they are just, they're cooked. They're ready when you are. Um, I'm, if I'm trying to get someone to go from, from a very, very highly processed diet to incorporating more beans, the last thing I'm going to say is you have to buy dried or fresh beans and you have to soak them and cook them for three hours. I've lost that person. So I have to meet people where they are. And if, if it canned beans, if we can get more beans into the diet and we use canned beans, awesome. We get more tomatoes into the diet using um, canned tomatoes. That's fantastic. Canned green beans. It's okay. Um, I have to meet people where they are. And uh, if I, if I ask them to do something that's way too big, I've, I've lost them. So um, people say, Wendy, what's the best vegetable? And I say, it's the one that makes it into your stomach. And that's where we start. We have to start somewhere because I'm working with people who are just, their diets are almost zero fiber. They do not eat plants because they think that well, if I'm going to be happy, if I'm to be healthy, I have to eat a salad and I'm always fighting salad because salad is like this, this thing that people think, well, if I'm not eating salad, then I'm just not going to get where I need to be. And I say, no, 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 we can add some beans. We don't have to add salad. Let's just add some beans. How about nuts and seeds? Do you like nuts and seeds? Let's replace um, a granola bar or one of those, those like a cliff bar or an energy bar with good old fashioned raisins and peanuts. Um, do you like sunflower seeds? Let's do that. These are all these are all plants. But people, when they hear plants, they think of green leafy vegetables. And um, I want to expand the world of plants for people. That plants are are all got fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, beans, legumes, whole grains. Those are all plants, and we should be consuming a lot more of them, um, and a lot less of processed foods. And those, a lot of those things I mentioned will be found in the middle shelves of the grocery store. The nuts, the seeds, the beans, the legumes, and the whole grains will be found in the middle of the grocery store. That's great, Wendy. And that's important to note, right? We often forget about those um, important pieces of our diet. Um, and the other thing that I uh, enjoy as much as possible is, is trying to source locally. If I can find beans, that are grown close to where I am, um, if I can find fruits that are fresh. Um, I've, I've heard there have been studies done that the closer you are, possibly the more nutritional. Um, I can't say that for sure, of course, but being able to um, you know, eat, eat more of those vegetables that are closer to home, that's always something that, that I try to look for personally. Mm -hmm. Um, well, you've brought up so many great things about how we can improve our diet, some more routines. The other thing that I know we always hear a lot about is, is water, just drinking more water in general. Uh, and I know, you know, a lot of us can just drink from the tap. A lot of people prefer spring water or filtered water. Do you have any, any preference on water? Uh. I think that um, one of the, the greatest environmental disasters is bottled water. I, I will, I, I hate, I just hate bottled water. The fossil fuels required to create the bottle that the water is in, the fossil fuels required to pump the water and then to truck the water to market. And then after the water is consumed, what happens to that plastic, essentially fossil fuel bottle 
clogging oceans, clogging rivers, clogging uh, waterways. So um, I am a tap drinker. Um, I live in the city of St. Petersburg. I am a tap drinker. Uh, a lot of people will use filters and I think all of that is fine. If you live in a rural area, you're on a well. I understand that, uh, that bottled water is a necessity. We have a, a property in Dixie County. It's on a well. And up there, we do not drink the well water. We, we drink bottled water. But if you live in a municipality with a good source of tap, please, please drink and you filter and drink your tap. And, and I think that's one of the greatest impacts an individual can have on our environment is to get off of this idea that you must drink, you must buy and drink bottled water. And uh, if people say, I want to, I want to eat more environment, I want to be more environmentally conscious with my, my food choices. And I say, the first thing I want you, I want to challenge is bottled water. And the second thing I want to challenge is I, I want you to try and buy Florida produce. When you think about um, oranges from California versus oranges from Florida, the fossil fuels required to truck very, very heavy citrus across the United States uh, is great. We have incredible agriculture in this state. We have almost everything a home cook would need to create beautiful meals by buying Florida produce. It's all right here. So by buying produce that's grown in our state, you are having a massive, massive impact on your carbon footprint. Just in the transportation alone, to go from field to market to your home is a much smaller carbon footprint than to go from a field in Iowa to store to home. Nothing wrong with Iowa, nothing wrong with California, but it's all right here, folks. Let's pay attention to food labels in, in, in produce and buy Florida. Well, thank you, Wendy. It's been uh, very, very interesting um, learning about how we can better ourselves a little bit within the new year. And um, thank you so much for the time today. I think a lot of listeners might want to learn more about you. Is there a good website or a good way to contact you if they do want to learn more and get in touch? Well, yeah, I have a website. It's uh, simply wendywesleynutrition.com. And it's where people can uh, learn more about my, my nutrition services, cooking, counseling, all that kind of thing. So, and I'm also working on finishing a book about um, how to work faster in the home kitchen. Because again, I think time is really the enemy of the, of the home cook. And I, I have some tips to make work more efficient and faster in the kitchen. And I, I, I think that's, that's a, big, um, a big barrier to people cooking is they just, their kitchens are not equipped for um, fast turnaround. Great. That's great. I look forward to, uh, to reading it when it comes out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Wendy. And thank you to all of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please subscribe, follow us. We are on all of the social media channels and uh, we look forward to having you listen in next time. Thanks so much, Wendy. Thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed it. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support. 